0: Hey, everybody, welcome to the Ramon Foster Show. He's Ramon over there in Hendersonville, Tennessee. 11 years starting guard in the National Football League. All 11 of those for Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports in downtown Pittsburgh, and we're ready for a whole week of fun, football fun.
1: Oh, why not, man? We might as well, DK. It's good times coming. Obviously, Super Bowl week, by the way, too. We hadn't talked about that. I do miss that old song that we used to play. Pittsburgh's going to the Super Bowl. Ah, I didn't realize how iconic that song was. You used
0: to hear it all the time. It's because you took it for granted, you know. <laughs> I did, DK, I it, did. It was man. just part of it. Where's that bell of yours?
1: Ah, the happy face bell. By the way, everybody made it back to us. It seems, DK. Either mm-hmm. way.
0: Good, good stuff. Over the weekend, we put up uh, some shortened clips of the Mason Rudolph episode for you guys to enjoy there in 20 minute segments. Uh, all really good stuff. It Actually, I found that it was way better on the second viewing than even the first.
1: It's good. It, it is, man. I've enjoyed it. So I've gone back and watched parts of it when I got time to, also, DK. Uh, Mason's a very interesting guy. And of course, if you look at the situation of quarterback play and draft and preseason stuff and all-star games, uh, it's very relevant for sure. For sure. DK. A uh, l- little bit of news out of the
0: Steelers today that Frisman Jackson, the wide receivers coach was let go. Ramon, where did you hear first that that might happen? Uh, a while back, DK. Yeah, I-, I reported that several months ago that he was not, uh, seen as doing his job, sufficiently from the disciplinary standpoint, reported that in Friday Insider and on DK Pittsburgh Sports. I think it was back in like October. Yeah, you brought that up a while back. And that was the reason that they they brought in Allen Robinson, it turns out, to try to help that wide receiver room grow up, behave and everything. And it turned out that A-Rob did his job, but it was really – and I don't care who rolls their eyes at this, but it was really Deontay Johnson that took over that wide receivers room. Now, yeah, Deontay has his own stuff that's out there, you know, on tape. That yeah, doesn't look all that great, but man, that's you
1: but, know, but it's when a, you, it's a move when you bring that type of stuff up, DK, about Deontay having to step up. One, you gotta absolutely love the fact that he knew somebody had to lead the room, right? Um, that's kind of where we were one of those years before we got coach Monchak is the players had to really step up, like challenge each other and, and really hold the room accountable. DK, that was, was most unique about it. But here's the thing. It made me a better leader because of it, because of it. I think it changed the, uh, expectation of how to be a player and the expectation of how you hold people accountable too. there was a lot that went on in that one particular year, DK, right before Munch got to us, man, it's not to say that. You know that, that guy was a bad coach but it's just a lot when you're dealing with nfl players right like the ability to develop george pickens is huge like and, and that that's my
0: understanding is that you know and you can shed some light on this as a player and as a guy who was under tomlin for a decade and change uh, to what extent do you hold the players accountable for not policing the other players? Or is it all, for example, in this case, is it all on Frisman Jackson? Or does some of it come down to the players where Mike Tomlin says, listen, I need you guys to make sure this kid keeps his head level. We need him. Meaning George, of course.
1: Yeah, but, but here's the thing, though, So You know how it is with athletes. DK, you've been around us for the majority of your adult life, right? Mm-hmm. You give guys an inch, they're probably going to take a mile, right? And so when it comes down to you allowing a young player, if this was was the case, allowing a young player to show up a little bit late, allowing the young players to not get every rep that he possibly can, then guess what's going to happen? It's going to spread, DK. Like, yes, it's on the players and their accountability to one another to perform. But if I'm cool with Deontay, and I think George and Deontay are cool, right? then Deontay's probably going to let something slide that he probably wouldn't let somebody else until it starts to steamroll downhill. The snowball effect of it, right? So that's what that's what happens when you don't have the respect in your room or the accountability from the coach down. Like there is a, hey, go be a pro. Hey, uh, you're being paid for this. Oh man, don't you want to be the best ever? But a lot of the time with with really good players or with almost anybody, if you can get by on the minimum, they will. And that's why that accountability factor plays a huge part in it. And also the respect of the coach. Why are so many people in this chat that watch us, DK, won't munch back, right? Because he holds a level of integrity, expectations and performance and performance right not in that order you know what i'm saying <laughs> not is that in that, not that order it? yeah so if i, mean, I got a push over i'm gonna push him over more times than not th- that's what
0: i think As i look at you know the Frisman jackson uh firing whatever you want to call it allowed him to leave or whatever not There's extending his contract for that <laughs> stuff in coaching circles that's a firing let's be really really it clear is. on that Uh, What you have is a a dissatisfaction with the the discipline in the room from everything that I've been told. But discipline in the room can also be discipline in the field. Don't forget, uh, for the first half of this season, all those routes that were being run incorrectly, all those gross miscommunications. Remember the ball that Kenny threw 20 yards over somebody's head, and you're like, what the heck? I think it might have been Deontay's. And – you know that
1: that in large part is just discipline isn't it it is dk and of course the detail right when you said performance performance is knowing the playbook knowing what the heck you're doing and why you're doing those things too that's one thing they always teach you really good coaches teach good technique and a good book too dk when it comes down to how you learn and break down uh the the playbook as far as how you grow in it right because that's the thing he probably thought he was doing the right thing but the detail in what coach jackson was teaching wasn't there and i think we saw that at times throughout the season those dudes man deontay george altho pat in there and uh uh, calvin austin you don't want him to be washed away and just getting lost in the shuffle do you dk that means you got to have somebody to guide him and show him how to be a better wide receiver uh the biggest thing that what from George in year two was what? How many other routes can he run? Remember that? I do. And, I and, do. and we still didn't see a ton of them. I think at the latter part of the season, we, we saw him. more. Yeah we, we saw, saw more, more. That's
0: for sure. yeah.: We,
1: we did, know. man. But that starts in that room too, accountability from one another also.
0: Yeah, I I have, I'm looking at our our comments here today and I'm seeing just Heinz, Ward, Heinz, Ward, Heinz, Ward, what ends up (laughs) happening, what happens in these situations and I'm not knocking Heinz. Heinz is a great player. There's a case for him certainly to be in the hall of fame, everything that that he accomplished and, and, and all that stuff. And he should remain in that conversation. I don't believe he'll get in. However, however, every time there's a coach opening, this is not unique to football. Who are the only names that ever get brought up by fans? The ones that they know and love. The only the, <laughs> It's always former players, and they think that it's the same skill set, and it's just not, is it, Moan?
1: No, it is not. And here's the thing with, with Hans also. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt and expect he spent time in the coaching world and understand how this works. He has. I know he's, yeah, yeah, so I'll give him credit there, DK, when it comes down to – him being able to coach and want to coach. What I don't like is the guys that just jump in. It's like, oh yeah, I deserve a job. Hire me because I was great. No, that's not the case. Sometimes now, Heinz has worked. worked.
0: Yeah, yeah, he has
1: worked. It. If he's a teacher, and I would believe that he is, he understands this game and communicate. And if it's Arthur Smith, right, that is the offensive coordinator that wants to hire him. Can you submit yourself to his coaching style? the demands that he has for this offense and the role that your wide receivers are going to have to uh, play in it on top of that. Can you handle Deontay and George and the draft picks and the development also, because one thing that former players always do struggle with, especially the great ones is thinking some can coach. I mean, can play like they did. And you have to attack it with the experience. You have to attack it with the ability that, Hey, George and Deontay are different the same way Calvin is also, and also keeping them in check. As far as trying to develop them, DK, there's a lot to just saying, hey, I want Hines Ward as my wide receiver coach. I, I'm not opposed to it because he has been in the coaching world, DK.
0: Dwight Jefferson, who apparently will just look at anything at all on the web and decide that it's it's all equal in terms <laughs> of the caliber of reporting, says an internet site put out word on Hines Ward as a candidate right after Frizz got canned. Shake my head. You know, again, I don't know if you're falling for it, Dwight, or if you're making fun of it. If you're making fun of it, I'm, I'm in your corner. <laughs> okay, you can, make, you can feel free to clear that up because it's just like, especially this time of year, is every little f- word that somebody puts on social media or whatever, they say reports, That's rumors, loud. words. Wait until it comes from somebody who actually covers the team. You yeah. know, yeah. Uh, you know, in 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 this case, there's nothing, there's no substance whatsoever to anything that connects Hines Ward and the Steelers, other than the fact that he used to play here. That's mm-hmm. it. And a lot of people are asking about him today here. So Dwight Jefferson clears up. I'm not following that. I don't read that crap. Good for you. <laughs> but a- Avery Jones has has source. the definitive word on it. Trust me, bro. <laughs> That's probably just, right. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't ask much of the of the of the community here. Just be a little bit discerning. It doesn't have to come from DK Pittsburgh Sports. It doesn't have to come from the Post Gazette. But at least use some common sense when this yeah. stuff. Uh, and and
1: here's comes the other up. thing too, man. Um, you don't want to hire your guys to ultimately end up disliking them too. So I know there's a point to where everybody has to prove themselves. Like whenever that player stigma leaves them. And the same way with Joey, Joey Porter, right? When he came mm-hmm. to coach the linebackers, like there was a growth period and how, you know, he was reviewed as a coach or how he was viewed as a coach and stuff like that. And Joey ultimately was not extended the contract after that too. So I don't like to have guys who are legends in my city come back and do that type of stuff. I will say, Joey was brought in and he got the max out of that group, that side of the defense, and somewhat reset the tone Uh, As far as the the Steelers defense goes, I will give him some credit for that because he changed the mentality of those guys where they was in that grow up phase to where they started to benefit from being some of the pricks on the defense, learning how to play a Steeler type of ball defensively. I don't know what to say as far as Hines go um, as far as what he's going to bring. Today's NFL is not the NFL that he played in wide receivers are, are brought in to catch footballs. So I know you guys are going to love Hans because he played with an edge and, you know, knocked people out. That's not the same NFL. Uh, and, and so you got to judge this as it is, that if he gets the job, then maybe he's just the best candidate to develop your guys. That's where I'm at with it. I hope the Steelers and Arthur Smith and Mike
0: Tomlin specifically do their diligence and get the best possible wide receivers coach. I do not care what kind of a playing career that individual happened to have uh, when we come back we're going to get to the only actual segment that matters this isn't just like talk this is the only segment that matters and that's hey Mo, we got some good ones coming in so. yeah we do at dk pittsburgh sports we take pride in coverage that connects our city's fans to their favorite teams now that connection's stronger than ever introducing our all-new state-of-the-art app Find expert inside reporting and original podcasts, check live box scores, track the latest stats, chat it up with our community of thousands of fans, all in one place. The new app from DK Pittsburgh Sports, coverage that connects. Leslie Hughes knows where it's at. I like that. I love that, DK. (laughs) <laughs> that's uh that, that that's what it's all about right there
1: it is leslie said i've quickly learned who i wanted to go to for my Cilla news and that's y'all on this channel thanks so much to ramon and dk for all your work and giving this channel to us fans
0: You're eddie welcome. carter comes in with our first entry of the day says hey moan do you think the new oc will be able to develop kenny pickett for the better because my personal opinion is i do think they want kenny starting in 2024 no matter what mason rudolph did
1: in the last four games man do i think he's capable of of, of developing kenny maybe protecting him developing i think we should have saw a good bit of that this offseason i'm not sure if we did see that year one to year two jump i y'all know where i am and i'm not off of kenny as far as what i think of him but i'm looking over his shoulder he's gonna have to overprove to me this upcoming season that he has developed so you asked the question do i think he can develop kenny I think he can protect them. Kenny making the amount of making the plays that he wants to make is going to be on him. Y'all got to think that rolling out stuff—that's development. That's I'm sure something he was told going in from year one to year two. We still saw him do that type of stuff. I heard somebody recently say this: "You're paid to stay in the pocket and take those hits to deliver the throws." And I'm not sure if we've seen that at a at a very constant rate that will make me believe that Kenny's going to develop. I ain't calling him a bus or anything like that. It's just he's really iffy for me. And the other side of that, too, Eddie, is no matter what Mason did, here's the thing. Mason's a a uh, free agent when March, I think, 15th hit or something like that. Uh, it's not in the Steelers' uh, best bet to start saying that they want Mason Rudolph back just because you know you got uh, a franchise guy in Kenny in-house, and you don't want to up the price on uh, Mason Rudolph either. That's just me. I'm I'm not big on the uh, Kenny Pickett train right now. I love the conversations that we have about these
0: two quarterbacks as if one of them is 10 years older than the other. And not. Kenny's going to turn 26 in June. This is not a kid. He's had 25 starts in the National Football League. He's not a rookie. He's not really even going to be a second-year guy when you get right down to it's it. There. Okay. Mason Rudolph's 3 years older. He's played he started half as many games in the NFL. And yet you'll never hear anyone say, Well, do you really you think they should be developing Mason? Do you think they should be turning him, helping him become a starting quarterback? You don't hear that. That's the one of the craziest, biggest discrepancies in the discussion between these two. And it's all because one of them stayed in college for five years. Yeah. That's it. It's because yeah. Kenny stayed in college for five years. And in his fifth year was his first and only real big splash at the collegiate level.
1: And it was, whoa, the kid. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for that fake slot run, DK, what are we talking about when it comes down to Kenny Pickett's college career? Oh, I would say it's the whole season. You know I mean, I give him credit for the whole
0: season. Uh, even, I mean, he had a great wide receiver, obviously, in Jordan Addison, Jordan Addison. He, he led a program. To a conference championship, a power five conference championship, which uh, all you college football people know, that's a pretty big deal. But it's 10 times a bigger deal when it's Pitt because they Mm -hmm. never do anything of the kind. I don't take anything away from Kenny and what he did at Pitt one year, but it was his fifth year. And we talk about these two quarterbacks as if they're like, you know, Mason is his grandpa. (laughs)
1: <laughs> he's only 28 right now currently if i'm not mistaken we'll be 29 yeah,
0: he he exactly they are they are three years and one month apart
1: yeah yes indeed so that's where i stand i love for kenny to prove me wrong but that's just where i am on the conversation about kenny versus mason
0: yeah i mean I, danny says I, I love kenny and mason i don't think kenny sees the field as well as he should neither do mike tomlin or art rooney <laughs> now both on the record in that regard mason has more upside and a strong arm the funny thing is you won't hear anybody talk about mason's upside it's as I if know. he's some finished product it's, yeah. crazy. it's, it's crazy. crazy he's got a dozen starts mm-hmm. wow years old i know it's it's just it's just perception it is and nothing but
1: and, and the first round conversation, too, right? And, and of course, he's a pit panther, and that somewhat plays a part in it, also, DK, respectfully. And all hell to pit, I respect the heck out of you guys, alumni, and the amount of players you got in the NFL. Um, but Kenny to me is probably third, fourth tier right now. I mean, I, I don't
0: know how anybody can argue that. Uh, Spice. Mm-hmm comes in and says, how do they have Mason when he's not under contract? Oh, I mean, yeah, that's a fair point, too. He's not a Steeler for 2024 right now. He's no.
1: just not. Uh, well, technically until like March 9th or 15th, somewhere in that range right there, he's still technically on the contract until that fully expires at the uh, start of the league year. Um, and, and here's the thing, too. Steven brings up a good point. Addison made Kenny. That's fair. But how come George and Deontay hadn't made Kenny in, the, in Pittsburgh Maine main with the Steelers yet? You see what I'm saying? Like, one versus the other. NFL is a different monster. And you want to be somewhat gracious to Kenny with the idea that, look, he has to grow up. But from year one to year two, we didn't see anything that was overly promising other than the preseason. If we want to believe that lie, I'll lie with you then. Like, Kenny's going to be a stud if we believe what the preseason was. What we do here, DK, we got to call a spade a spade. I'm going to always say that. This ain't a bashing contest when no. it comes down to it. No. This is think about how you felt the last 5 games, even the playoff game. Right? You I don't think you've ever had a streak like that. Have Kenny actually won 4 or 5 in a row?
0: I mean, if the Steelers won, them he didn't win them. I mean, he he had he had his fourth quarter comebacks for which he received proper credit. But a complete game, the the best quarterbacking that the best 3 quarterbacked games. That we've seen the Steelers have <laughs> since Ben Roethlisberger were those last three under under Mason Rudolph. Uh I have I have a good one up here somewhere. Yeah. Uh, this is from Mark. He says, Why can't they just let Mason play and take time to develop Kenny? Yeah, what's the That's urgency fair. mode?
1: Hey, hand him a clipboard. I, I got two words for you. Jordan love. Jordan love. I mean that people aaron Rodgers if you want to go all all the way back go back to steve young no patrick mahomes i know one is not the other but patrick sat with with no intention on playing whatsoever they had zero intentions on him playing whatsoever he just sat and watched and learned And, and you're right can't they just let me yeah because you have you absolutely have no pressure whatsoever. Kenny's under contract this year and next year. You know what you can do? If Mason comes in and does his thing and but then he starts to fall off, you can do the same thing that Green Bay did. I think Green Bay gave Jordan Love like a 21 million dollar deal to say, "Hey bro, man, here's your fifth year option. We'll throw a little bit more on there because you're the franchise guy." Now, what did Jordan Love go do? He want to beat Dallas in the playoffs. He balled out at the end of the year. And now they're having a conversation of actually paying him because he's proven in year five, I think, that he's going to be their franchise guy. There is a level of growth and, and grace that I have towards the guy in this situation. But we're talking about the immediate competing future for the Steelers. I'd much rather roll with Mason on this unless Kenny makes a 180. But okay. it would have it would have to be a 180.
0: It, it would have to and, and if that happens, awesome. Okay. But you tell me when it's gonna happen. When is that gonna happen that you would take it seriously? OTAs? Minicamp? Yes. Latrobe? I, how about some preseason ball, Moan? In the games, DK. And and, and, from and we about just rugby. saw games. We, we just did. saw
1: games. You, you you know the biggest blip, I think, in this entire um progress of Kenny and Mason and Mitch is when everybody and their mama knew that Kenny Pickett was healthy and they still went with Mason.
0: Don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do.
1: (laughs) I've been in a situation. You keep Rick up there. I've been in a situation where I've had a high ankle probably a week or two or concussion. Something's going on, right? You know what happens when I was healthy? I got back in the lineup. Remember the big game in Buffalo where they ran for like 250-something when I was on the sideline? You know what happened the next week when I got healthy? Got back in the lineup. I got back in the lineup, DK. What you say, don't believe what? What was that again? Don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. What did they do? What did they actually do? They started Mason with a healthy Kenny on the sideline.
0: Eddie wants to know, this is such a perfect question for you, Moan. Because you're the guy in the locker room who would actually have conversations with your teammates about this kind of stuff. Lyle Croft asks, Kenny was under uh, Matt Canada was uh, actually I picked the wrong one here. Uh oh. No, it was right here from Eddie Carter. I'm sorry. Uh, what up, Eddie? Hey Moan, if you were in Mason's shoes, would you stay or move on? How was he with how he was treated,
1: your honest opinion? There's two sides of this, okay? Um, one is the money side, and two is how much Mason want to make everybody look even more wrong. But you would talk about both, so we want to hear. I both. I gotta hear both. The both is this: if Pittsburgh is offering him twelve to fifteen million, right, and another team just ah, let's go eight to twelve, and another team is starting their price at twelve to fifteen, it's idiotic to leave almost three to five million on the table. It just is. I'm sorry, especially if you can go to a situation where it's just. As good as Pittsburgh, and you have a real opportunity to grow even more from there. I'm not sure what Mason's going to get, but the money does have to play a part in it, too. If it's close and Pittsburgh's offer him 12 a year and the other team's offering him 13 and a half, I'd probably stay in Pittsburgh because he knows what the playbook potentially could be, has the opportunity to play here and build. That's what that's the way I look at it, DK. Where are you at on this one? Uh, I, I believe that Mason
0: Rudolph's priority in addition to the finances, which nobody would ever ignore, is to start, is to have the best possible chance to start. I also believe that his best possible chance to start, not coincidentally, happens to be in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Because the number 28 quarterback in the NFL is the guy that he'd have to beat out. And by the way, he already did beat him yeah. out. Okay? Okay. So I would like his odds in that scenario. I think that if he were to get together with Omar Khan, Omar especially, because you know the two of them are good, uh, and say, hey, just you know, treat me fairly. Give me something that you know, keeps me from going somewhere else here and yeah. give me an honest chance. Okay, yeah. I love these guys. <laughs> I want to play football with these guys. The stuff that you heard Mason tell me after Buffalo, the stuff he told you on the show a few days ago, and, and just say, hey, let's just be real with each other here. Am I going to get a chance, or is this going to be like two years ago where you set it up set up a dog and pony show and handed it to Mitch Trubisky? Mm-hmm. Let's be real here. Yeah. Okay, let's... let's be real. Those were four real games that I just played in. Yeah. Not preseason, not against Atlanta's ninth team or whatever else, and one series with uh, no, not even any play calls or reads or blitzes or anything. I played real live football. Three of those games mm-hmm. were on the road. You know, you're right? Um, one was on the West Coast, a place that our franchise hadn't won since 1984. Another one was in Baltimore in the worst weather you've ever seen. And you're going to tell me that you're going to make a decision this summer on meaningless football <laughs> and drills? Come on! And this too, I could DK, do this
1: all day. This too from TBC. Hey, mom. He, he's not the <laughs> only one. Deontay said he prefers Mason at quarterback. How does the locker room execute consistently on the field if they don't see it the same way? Players do.
0: Players know.
1: Players think, do. Do you
0: think Deontay spoke? Do you really think anybody that Deontay spoke without already knowing? Go, go, you finish this. The <laughs>
1: feel of the room, he already knew it. He knew it. you know when a guy is a better player and much that you'd much rather play with than somebody else. Like, this is just common sense. When you talk about players having the ability to have influence, this is one where I hope Coach Smith, Coach Tomlin, and and the others to be actually listen to that because that matters, DK. It does. The ball comes to them differently. They know where they're going to be at. The offense flowed a whole lot differently. And here's another quick quick pro tip, too. I I do think Mason Rudolph's style was very much the same as Ryan Tannehill's in Tennessee when Tannehill was making Pro Bowls and throwing for over 3,000-plus yards and stuff like that, and that offense was really moving up and down the field, you have a guy that you know is going to run your offense, and the other guy you don't know what you're going to get. Now, unless he has that big turnaround the way some are hoping, then that job is Mason's. It just is, DK. I'm sorry. If they choose to offer it, it's got to be his. You would think so. You would think so. It's, it's, a,
0: it's a situation that just is still, t- t- right now, it just freaks me out. It just, it just, <laughs> it just really does. Yeah, uh, Dr. Know. Shadow wants to know what I'm drinking. It's just Turner's. That's all. Turner. Turner's I see. Ooh, local iced product. tea. Uh, local product. I don't care what other people are reporting, everybody. I don't care what you perceive to be as rumors or anything else. Let's talk about real stuff. We can do that, right?
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. We can do that, DK. There's nothing wrong with that.
0: I had a couple things that I thought were good. Hey, Moan's here that I set aside for you here. I like this one here, Moan. Joe Gardell says, "Hey, Moan, how much influence on the draft do you think Arthur Smith will have?"
1: Ah, uh, it breaks down like this: um, scouts, head coach, OC. And um, I think ownership have votes in it. Somehow it goes that way. If he likes a guy, he'll get his pick of the litter when it comes down to it. But that position coach, the OC, head coach, and scouting department, those are the four. Sorry about that mix-up right there. OC, position coach, scouting department, head coach is usually how that type of stuff breaks down. Of course, Omar might have a say-so on what they want to do with that. But the Steelers have a very good uh, scouting department. And I think Arthur Smith should have some say so with it. Here's what I do know what he likes in this offense: a receiver that can go downfield, AJ Brown. Receivers that can catch in a slot, Deontay. Two running backs got those. What you need more essentially in Pittsburgh is an offensive line that can be more consistent. You got the tight ends. Also, he's had the double tight end set with uh with, with a bunch of guys for a while in Tennessee. So Yes, he has some say-so in this. I said, all this, and this might mess around and end up being a defensive, strong draft. I don't know if Arthur Smith is going to have a whole lot. Daniel Pike
0: says Debo for strength and conditioning coach. Continuing oh, man, our God. spirit of just only <laughs> ever looking at former players. Would you actually want Debo to be that guy, or would he just
1: torment everybody and show them up? I want Debo to just be one type of coach. Do you want to hear that? Just a summertime break coach. Where well, everybody goes to Arizona where he's at, they play volleyball with those big weighted balls. They run in sand pits. They're pushing sleds with a thousand pounds on them. When the season <laughs> starts, I don't want James Harrison I at know. the strength and conditioning coach in, okay? <laughs> He'll wear you down, that's for sure. <laughs> Pie Guy
0: says, Hey Moan, if you have veteran wide receivers, is that positional coach less
1: important? No, it's not. It's just as much still important. <clears throat> and here's why. Those veteran wide receivers that are somewhat coaching up the players also also needs confirmation from the coach to reinforce what they're telling them. Also, you do want a player's led room when it's good, but you also need backing from the coaching staff that allow you to lead the way you lead. Right? Again, if you give players an inch, they're going to take a mile every single time, y'all. So it can't be all that every single time that, hey, the players run the show. Now, you need some authority there, too. Big tiny wants to get another pounce. So does everybody. Yeah, they do. They do. Uh, I, I showed you guys guy the other day. Man, there is only one. There is only one.
0: No, that's that's uh, that's a tough point to argue. That's for sure. Here, Eddie Carter says, "Hey, Moan, does the OC have anything to do with the O line? If so, what job will he be doing with the O line? What? How? What's the interaction there? What's the influence that a coordinator has?"
1: Protections, DK, knowing what, what do you he mean can by call that? with what group, like knowing that he can do seven-step drops with that group, Uh understanding, hey, coach, we're going down the field, making sure that he understands how to teach up the guys. Like from the OC, the O-line coach gets his responsibilities and he passes it on to the guys. Like if we got audibles that week, hey, it was with much, much, much. Make sure the guys know that if we go here, we're moving two players over, not just one. It has that type of stuff when you're audibling. How much can you teach your guys? That the offensive coordinator wants out of the offense too. Those times that we were doing no huddle, hey Munch, your guys got the cold words. Can they know Cadillacs, Rolex? Like, can they know these things? Like, and be able to call them Swatch? Like, these are some of the the cold words that we had to be taught by Munch. One word plays that was about twelve words long. That's where he goes into it, and also the run plan. What can you guys do this week? How do you feel about the matchups? It's probably more of a personnel conversation and uh, more than technique and mindset type of stuff, DK.
0: Ooh, here's feeding the beast. John says, hey, Moan, are you drafting Jackson Powers Johnson in the first round if he's available? The Steelers, of course, picking at number 20. Would you take him at 20?
1: God, dog, at 20. I didn't think about that.
0: Because that's what you have to think about you, because you're the one who comes back from Mobile, Alabama, getting everybody all fired up and everything, and then now you're hesitating yeah. when they ask you if he, you would take he's him. He's
1: a center. He's a center. He's a center. Technically should be a second rounder. If I can move back and take him at about 25, yes. At 20, there's going to be some good wide receivers right there that I possibly could. Um, but if you're you putting my feet to the fire, I wouldn't be opposed to seeing him get him at 20.
0: Yeah, I think sometimes the whole idea that you overdraft somebody or whatever. The other thing about Jackson Powers Johnson, for anybody who doesn't know, this is a center at Oregon. From Oregon, yes. Who has really, really impressed people. Uh, There are people attaching him already to the Steelers, uh, given the positional need here, the long-term positional need. I don't mean to be disrespectful to to Mason Cole. I don't think Cole was ever seen as a long-term answer there. Uh, He won the Remington Trophy, Powers Johnson did in 2023 as the top center in FBS. And he's. this is also important. He's 21 years old. Yeah, he's young. So he's not like Kenny coming out of college after getting his doctorate degree and hanging around for law school
1: and (laughs) whatever. Ah, see, (laughs) there I I go.
0: You go, man. Uh, (laughs) if,
1: If we're talking about building up this group the way you think it should be, I got no problem with drafting him at 20. I don't.
0: Billy Kurtz wants to know if you think that tackle or center is a high priority in either the draft or free agency.
1: If I can get Tyler Guyton at at 20 also, I'll take him. Um, Either one of those guys, if they're there. Depends on how they stack them up and and who's going to have the higher ceiling at the end of the day. The higher priority to me may be center because you know where defensive uh, coordinators attack first, DK? Right up the middle. Right up the middle. They'll still, they'll do that until you stop it. Yep, that's where they. I, I'd almost pick a, I'd almost pick a center at twenty. I would. I mean, it's
0: something that I think they have to consider uh, again. What you know, we have to say this again and again and again. You you, you got to be mindful of the fact that you, what you really want in the first round is the best player available. Best you player. can sort out positional needs through different methods. Here, Doctor Shadow wants to know if the Steelers will keep Dan Moore. He's under contract. You can use him. He's under contract, and he's not expensive.
1: No, he's not. So that's where that tackle conversation come to me. If he commits himself to figuring out how to play right tackle, go get a center.
0: Oh, that's bad coming in. This is going to be the last one for the day, but oh, no. Moan, if there's one position on the offensive line where you can hide, what position would it be? Most will tell you right
1: tackle. Really? I've never heard that. Most most offensive sets are right sided because the quarterback is right handed. Okay. So you more than likely set the formation to the right, depending on the field. Um, more times than not, that's your big run side. Also, um, so having guys over there that are mostly run centric, and you can set a running back offset to the right to go, uh, offset to the left to clean up anything off the right, the chips and stuff like that. It's probably going to end up being the right tackle position. Which is why, of course, I think a lot of people are now putting their best, some of their best rushers on the right tackle. Also, they realize there's some exposure there because of that. Joshua
0: Dobbs trying to rub you the wrong way here. I see what's going on. I knew that's where
1: he's going with it. I knew that's where he's going with it. We'll be
0: right back to wrap this up. This is the last word for the day. Moan's got to <laughs> fly 4-1-2. Oh. What you got? I knew this was coming from somebody. Tavondre Sweat, who Moan was basically drooling over in Mobile, the defensive was. lineman. And then there's
1: Jackson Powers Johnson on the other side of the football. To be clear, both of those dudes are yinzers. If, if, if you're capable of getting <laughs> one in the other, Tavondre Sweat and Jackson Powers Johnson, both of them are Yenzers, okay? I, I promise you that. But if you're asking me to pick one versus the other, I'm probably going with Jackson Powers Johnson.
0: Oh, I thought you would say sweat for sure. I
1: love sweat. I do. I do. But here's the thing. You don't
0: surprise me that much. You got me
1: twice on this show. Like, what? Here's the thing that I saw from uh, Jackson Powers Johnson. Uh, He's 6'4", 332, unofficially, whatever it is. When I tell you he's cat quick which is why I do think he creeps up to the first of Pittsburgh. Don't pick him at 20. He's cat quick. He's strong. He's eager. He got a lot of pop and energy in his play. He's probably one of the only guys I didn't see, and I couldn't have seen it because he was on the national team, uh, to Dawg dog out. Like, nobody pushed him back. He was good going right to left. He was good moving people up the field. His pass pro was good. I didn't think he was a guard. They tried to put him at guard one or two snaps. And I can't be an instant evaluator and say, no, he's not this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when I saw him operating at center with the group that he was with and Mm -hmm. an individual, he take a snap, he's 10 yards down the field. During the plays, he's down the sideline. Like, if you're looking for somebody that can snap, pull, get out in space at that size, DK, and I'll say this too in the AFC North? You need that. Think about what Baltimore's bringing. Think about what Cleveland's bringing. Think about what Cincinnati has. You gotta actually combat your division first before you start really winning. He fits that build to me. Ben Cohen has the best solution. Get them both. Savantra in the second,
0: <laughs> you, maybe. You go ahead and figure that one out. We'll see everybody tomorrow. Woo! Peace good people. Alright, go take care of